Hey guys, great to be live with you tonight. We've got some developing news after three fishermen vanished without a trace with their fishing boat off the coast of Georgia in the Atlantic Ocean. They've been missing for more than two weeks and the Coast Guard has called off the search, but the family is saying they're going to explain why they think there's a very good chance these guys are still alive and they need to find them. Um, uh, an update from one of the men's moms said that some flares were seen in the ocean and the Coast Guard refused to go out and look at them. Uh, a recent update. Now, one of the relatives of these these guys is going to come on my live stream tonight and talk about the latest. But really quick, I want to show you a local news report from ABC First Coast News. Their fishing boat left the dock on October 14th. So for nearly two weeks, the three men aboard the Carol Ann have been stranded out at sea. For the last week, the Coast Guard has been searching more than 20,000 square miles of ocean for the boat. Rich Donnelly is on your side live tonight with the latest on the search to find those missing boaters. Yeah, Tyler Barlow is one of the missing boaters aboard the Carol Ann. This afternoon, his father, Chris, said that the family was told the Coast Guard no longer has assets involved in the search, but the family is not giving up hope that all three boaters will be found safe. While the Caroline first went missing off the coast of Georgia, Chris Barlow believes his son Tyler and the other two boaters are now closer to Virginia due to ocean currents. If they got caught in that Gulf Stream and the boat doesn't have power or if they're in the life raft, they would have no way to get out. I mean, you can't paddle out of the Gulf Stream. Um, the currents are way too strong. The Coast Guard expanded its search north as well. And today, the final search plane landed at 1.05 p.m. in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Within an hour after that, all three boaters were officially reported missing, which Tyler Barlow's uncle says will generate what's called an AM message. Every law enforcement agency on the eastern coast that has a, uh, you know, a uh, maritime uh, search and rescue, like Camden County does, will be out there looking for anything, whether it's debris, any signs of Caroline. Tyler Barlow's father, Chris, has faith the boaters will be found. Tyler will not stop fighting. Um, I, I don't think Caleb or Dalton will either. Their, their chances of survivability at this point are, are still extraordinarily great. We just have to, we've got to find them. A sentiment Tyler's mother has felt from the community. I'm telling you the support, the love, the text messages, the messengers from people that I don't even know. For all of us, it is unbelievable. Tyler Burlow's dad said that the Caroline did have an EPIRB, that is an emergency position indicating radio beacon. However, the EPIRB aboard the Caroline was a manual device, meaning that it would have to be turned on during a time of distress and not go on automatically should something bad happen in order to send that emergency signal. That emergency signal has not activated apparently. Here's another picture um, that 
one of the relatives, which we were about to bring on, uh, sent me this picture of their little fishing boat and all three men now missing. The family is now trying to fundraise for their own search since the Coast Guard has given up. Real quick before I bring uh, the relative on, I've got to thank the sponsor of my coverage. The U.S. debt spike could ignite a long-term rally in gold. Since March 2020, the U.S. added an, another $8 trillion in debt and gold is up 50%. Now with the Fed raising rates, the interest payment on our debt has surpassed $1 trillion annually. BRICS nations met last month and oil-rich nations Saudi Arabia and UAE have joined Russia, China, and India. 51% of Americans can't pay their credit card bills, which, ju- which just surpassed $1 trillion for the first time in history. If this is Build Back Better, increased spending and regulation, it's likely to continue through 2024. Buying silver and gold is a strategic play that several countries are doing right now. Who's looking out for the little guy when the government doesn't? Isn't it time that you take a look at gold and silver? Call America's own precious metals company, the National Gold Group. Today, mention my channel, Ivory Hecker. You'll always get best-in-class service from America's conservative precious metals leader. National Gold Group has the IRA fee waiver on qualifying rollovers. Call 888-617-5927. Get a free investor guide today, National Gold Group is a consumer affairs top rated IRA dealer number down in my description, 888-617-5927. There's always a risk of loss and past performance is not indicative of future results. Okay, let's bring on Stevie Conway, who is the sister of one of the missing fishermen and the the girlfriend of, of another missing fisherman. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. That's correct. Thank you so much for joining me. So what is the latest in this search for these guys? Um, So as you have mentioned, they have stopped the search being the Coast Guard. um, And that search didn't even last a full week. So we'll start there. Um, You know, we've had a couple of leads, one while they were searching. Um, So a boat of four actually had seen a flare a Saturday night, a week after they were out there. And, um, you know, they dropped sails. They stayed for four hours. You know, it was in 15 foot sea. So they risked their own lives trying to do their own search and rescue after they have already reached out to the Coast Guard. Um, The Coast Guard did send out a plane, but for 30 minutes. So that was very unfortunate, especially because they heard faint whistles, all that, you know, after the 30 minutes, they called them, said, thank you. You know, so they went on about their way and finished up And then they came in Tuesday morning at 4 a.m., saw that nothing had been mentioned about flares or anything, you know, so Coast Guard didn't even tell us about that. So we we were at a loss whenever we saw that, but they were furious that they didn't do much about that. Um, We actually had received a second uh, lead as well after they had stopped the search. So there are buoys going along the East Coast and um, they take pictures every 10 minutes. And from one of the buoys, further north, um, it was actually seen elongated little line looking like a flare. You know, there was one single light that looked like a flare and, uh, that was dismissed by the coast guard as a boat. They decided (gasps) that was a boat, but growing up on the East coast and on the water, our whole lives, we know boats don't have just one light on them. And this light was one single light and it was elongated like a flare going up. Wow. So explain for us how, what, what may have happened to these guys um, that would cause them to just be just floating along. 
So um, it's very possible they had engine troubles and um, obviously the seas are unforgiving and they move you in different ways, whether it be further north or further out east, you know, so it's very possible that they got caught in the Gulf Stream and that did push them up north and then obviously further out because that first sighting they were actually seen at 240 nautical miles out. Wow. So they, you guys are thinking they could be headed towards Maine even, right? Exactly. Yes, ma'am. So we have reached out to as many people as we can, Coast Guard, different organizations along the East Coast going all the way up to Maine in hopes that, you know, that they will send boats and planes out and and try to do searching up there because it's very possible they're even up there at this point. Wow. Okay. You sent me some pictures. Um, who Who is this? This is my brother, Dalton. How old is he? Dalton is 24 and he has actually grown up on the water. My father has fished since he was 17, you know, so everything he knows he's learned from him and um, has continued that tradition on. So do they, um, this boat, you sent me this picture as well, Carol Ann. Is this their boat? I mean, are they used to this boat? Do they use it a lot? So Dalton actually does all of the work on the boat, the mechanics, all of that. He's a MacGyver and he knows how to work on boats. So he has done all the work on that boat. It is not his. Um, There is an owner of the boat and um, Dalton is just running it for him. So Dalton's been on this boat plenty, but this was actually Caleb's very first trip. I read that they were headed 80 miles out into the ocean to fish. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. That's usually where they like to fish is about 80 miles out and then a little bit more north. Sometimes they even go out of South Carolina to fish. I'm getting questions in the comments. Do Did they have a radio? So they did have a radio. They also had a communicator as well, but um, the communicator has to be charged to work and it was not working until um, this whole trip that they were on. So it was not even turned on in the radio. Um, if their battery is dead or they're having engine troubles and can't get that up and going, then that will not work for them. Okay. Yeah. A lot of questions. How large was the vote? I read it was 30 feet long. Is that right? Yeah, 31 foot. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Here it is from the side. And, uh, Here's here's another one of the guys. It, it, I also you guys are asking how many people on the boat. Three, three yeah. young men. Um, and who's this? This is Caleb. This is my spouse, and we are four months pregnant right now. Oh wow! Congratulations. Yeah, well, then it's definitely critical that we find him. Absolutely. Um, and they're asking, did they have cell phones? Yeah, so they all three had cell phones, which we have um, had the Coast Guard actually reach out to each of their service providers and search for their last known location and try to ping them from that. Also, while the Coast Guard was involved, every hour they would get calls and updates of whether they have received a ping or not, because if they did turn their phone on for a second, it would ping, but none of their phones were able to ping the last known location that they were able to get was when they were headed out to sea. And um, at a certain point you do lose service. Oh, you lose service. That explains a lot. Exactly. Uh, wow. So yeah, cause I was going to ask do they have phone chargers in case they were able to float close enough? Yes, ma'am. And they um, did have phone chargers out there, but um, you know, if the boat had went down or anything of that sort, then 
you know, the probably last thing they were thinking about was even grabbing their phones, you know, Caleb's epileptic. So we were hoping he at least grabbed his medication, you know, things like that. But Mm -hmm. there is an EPIRB on the boat, which for a hot minute, we all thought, you know, that EPIRB, if the boat goes down, as soon as it touches water, it would ping and locate um, their location, send that over to the Coast Guard. If it sinks. Right. Which that's not the case, which we learned in the meeting with the Coast Guard because they actually looked up the exact EPIRB that they had. And all the captains that were on the room were very confused as well because they thought it was the same thing for their boat. So God forbid one of their boats went down. They would have been relying on that to actually be, you know, a reliable source to get to the Coast Guard. So they have to activate that emergency signal uh, yes, physically. So it's a lever that you have to pull. Oh, oh a lever. Yes. Okay, so it does not have to do with with touching water then? No, ma'am. So the only thing that touches water that works would be the uh, life raft. So once that is submerged, that could pop up, you know, if they potentially didn't have that time to be able to get the life raft up and going. Um, so that would pop up. So then the question is, why haven't they flipped that emergency signal lever? So- that's what makes us assume that either one, it has malfunctioned when they tried to use that. And just like any technology these days, it's possible that didn't work or two, the boat went down too quick and it happens in seconds. My dad actually went down in the nineties and they had to swim 52 hours back to shore um, just by a little float, not even a life raft. So um, by the time he got in there to make his call, mayday boats going down, boats going down, he had to swim out of the cab because it was that fast. So if the same thing happened to these guys and the boat went down fast, their raft would inflate yes, automatically. Right. Exactly. So they could be floating on a raft right now. Exactly. And if they went down quickly, their phones would have gotten wet and not worked anymore. Exactly. Those would have went down as well. So you, you guys may just be looking for, for a small raft in the middle of the ocean. Wow. Which, which makes us a little confused, you know, because if a boat goes down, debris goes up, you know, whether it be the dead fish that they had caught, those would float. Different things on that boat or float, not everything would sink. And with the amount of searching that they've done, they haven't come up with any debris at all, which is incredibly confusing to us and the Coast Guard. They said they haven't seen anything like that in over 35 years before. Um, the viewers are asking, what were the seas like? Were there storms? So the seas were calm. Um, but when the flares were seen by the boat, um, of four with a crew of four, they were, um, rough seas, 15 foot seas. It was really rough out there. And that was when they were pushed off of course. So, um, but being on a life raft, you know, those life rafts are made to be buoyant and be able to handle those type of things. Whereas a boat wouldn't be as buoyant. Wow. Um, and who's this? That is Caleb as well. Okay. And then this photo that is my knucklehead brother. <laughs> oh, and um, and is that is that you? That is me. That was me pregnant with my first child. Oh, okay. And then one more photo. Is that your that, brother's? That is, yes, ma'am. Awesome. And then you guys made this flyer as well. Correct. The three missing men: Tyler Barlow, Caleb Wilkinson, and Dalton Conway. And they're all they all look very young. Oh, yeah. They're all in their 20s. Dalton's 24. Tyler's the same age. They graduated together. And Caleb is 27. So they're all young men. 
And this flyer, you guys are trying to get a hold of Governor Brian Kemp for this. Exactly. We're trying to get a hold of whoever we can to be able to get more organizations involved to be able to get this going. But, you know, having a state official get involved pushes things a little bit further. Like we ended up getting the Cajun Navy involved. When I reached out to them, they did say that we could, you know, send over our information. But um, however, it would be a faster turnover had we sent, you know, a state representative to reach out to them. So we actually had Stephen Sains do that for us. That's somebody that we actually went to school with and he's now representative here in the state of Georgia. So we were able to get him to do that reaching out. And now the Cajun Navy is involved. I was going to recommend the Cajun Navy. They are a volunteer group that, that does rescues like that. Um, So that's good. Um, Here's this, this uh, Facebook post that I mentioned. Um, Tyler Barlow's mother. She says, I just spoke with the Coast Guard. This was on Saturday, it looks like. Despite the flare reporting last night off the Delaware coast, the Coast Guard did not send out any boats, planes, etc. They looked into it and reached out to the commercial marine traffic that was in the area, and there were no reports of anything. This could have been our boys, but no true search was conducted last night, she said. You guys must be so frustrated. Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating and infuriating the fact that we have these leads and that they're not even being looked into that. Like I said, they're being dismissed like that one was dismissed as the boat, you know, like, oh, that's just a boat. Like, no, these are not just random leads. We're just pulling like we are doing as much research as we can for these. And we've seen what boats look like on these buoys. We're not just pulling whatever, like we're pulling others where we can also see boats and see what things look like on these um, actual buoys. So it's incredibly infuriating the fact that they're willing to just brush something like this off and, you know, Oh, that's just a boat and not actually look into it. Like even if it wasn't our boys, it could have been somebody, you know, and this is what they do. This is what they get paid to do. So like, why, why are we not continuing to, to look up on these things? And the fact that they told us that the search would continue if we did bring them leads And then they continue to shut them down, you know, so it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, our tax dollars are going to this sort of search effort. So exactly for them to not be helping our citizens, it's it's incredibly disappointing. And these guys are seasoned fishermen, you said. So Caleb and Tyler, um, or not Caleb, Tyler, Dalton and Tyler have fished quite a few times. Dalton has done it his whole life, you know. Uh, Tyler, he's done it the last couple of years with my brother on and off. And then um, Caleb, this is his very first trip. He's never been on the water before. Wow. Do you think they have enough water to drink? Yeah, that's that's another one of our concerns, but we know that the six-man life raft is actually supplied with water, food, paddles, um, different things like that. So we're hoping that, you know, they will be able to make it, especially with these couple stories that have come up recently about people being found on rafts and one of them that drank rainwater and ate fish and another that didn't eat anything or drink anything. So wow, we have high hopes at this point. So you guys are continuing the search on your own with the help of the Cajun Navy. You're um, doing a fundraiser. So if any of my viewers want to help fund this continued search for these guys, I have linked the GoFundMe down in my description. Yeah, we're keeping these GoFundMes going so we can do things like hiring pilots and the photographers on the plane with the pilot because they can only go so low. 
making sure that we're able to pay for their hotel stay so they can wake up in the morning and continue that search further along the coast. And, you know, it's incredibly expensive to be able to pay for a pilot, pay for a plane, pay for the fuel. Like it is a stomach turning number. So we're trying to keep this up so we can find these boys. Like I said, they didn't find debris or anything like that, which means they are still out there. Wow. Well, we got to find these guys. I really hope, you know, the Cajun Navy has done wonderful things in the past. So I really hope they can pull this off. And it looks like you guys are getting a lot of financial support. So a lot of people pulling for you guys. I hope that you guys can find them. Yes, ma'am. We appreciate all the hope and support and prayer. Anything people send our way, we really, really appreciate that because, you know, it's not just one life, two lives, it's three lives. And actually to even throw in, there's a dog on the boat as well. So, Oh, wow. Okay. Absolutely. Anything else you want to say? No, ma'am. We just really encourage anybody who can help to please help. And if you can't just share whatever you can share and spread this information. So we can not only keep continuing to spread it along the coast and throughout the United States, but you know, we're reaching other countries as well at this point. So just keep sharing and, and sending all the love and prayer you can. Will do. Okay. We'll pray all the best to you and your family. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you, Ivory. You have you a wonderful night. You too. Okay. Thank you.